Hello, Tesla Nation. You're watching The Tesla Life, where we discuss a future free from fossil fuels. Got it in before the show. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> And welcome to the Tesla Live number 245. Here we are, the uh, 16th of March, 2022. Welcome to the show. With us, as always, we have uh, Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty well. I ended up putting in uh, that lithium pack into my uh, my 12-volt my container on the on the Model X. Uh, there was a memory photo that came across, and it's like, yeah, um, you know, a year ago, your frunk was open again, just like this. I was like, no, 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 this is not good. You can't be going through these things like candy. So uh, so now we've got a uh, Ohmu uh, lithium 12-volt battery and, uh, and a HEPA filter in there. We'll see if it's as good as they say it is. So far, Straight swap, right? Like, it just... Uh, yeah. Just the LED, or the... Uh... Lead acid battery out and the uh, lithium ion in. Yep. Uh, there's no place is it, to put is the it vent. The same, is it the same form factor or is it yeah, much exactly smaller? Exactly the same. Quite the same. Okay. Uh, there's when no place to put Tesla's the. Uh, for that as an upgrade. They, well, Elon said we'll see. You know how that goes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was uh, no place to put the vent to because you don't need it. There's no mass amount of hydrogen that could be created, and um, it's a lot lighter. It's it's ten pounds lighter, and. Uh, so the total cost with installation from Tesla was uh, of both filters and the battery was $9 with tax and everything was $9 less than I spent on the OMU without a discount code. You know, I just paid full retail for it. And um, then uh, I've got them coming in next week to do the cabin filter and to haul away my lead battery because I, I, they're like, oh, you could swing by and just pick it up from the parts department and drop off the lead one. I'm like, that's $4 in toll are going to spend 16 more and have them do it <laughs> and haul it away <laughs> and not take any time out of my day. So that's what we're going to do. Cause uh, I was watching uh, Trevor at, uh, at model at, uh, with his model X before he sold it. Uh, that's too many panels of weird shapes to come off. I don't feel like it. I mean, I could, could totally do it, but uh, like, that's what I was going to do. If they quoted me an hour of labor, I, I would have done it myself, but like 15 minutes of labor. Absolutely. Yeah. You can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also with us as normal, we have Mr. Patrick Connor from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Getting ready for uh, St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. That's it right. Is day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing some it green. Is, it is going to be warm here. Let me tell you, we're having a, a mini heat wave here in southern Ontario. Tomorrow's going to oh. be a high of 18 or 19 degrees Celsius, which is... Oh unbelievable that'll be our hottest day yet this year yeah so, this so, time so, of year so, i so, love so, it, <laughs> it uh it's just started here we are generating more solar than we're using it's not hot where we have to have the ac on so we're we're better than net zero uh, at least for the next couple months it's it's awesome this is a good time of yep. year to have solar panels so good so, time someday. to be banking that extra power exactly yes. So Sunday we had uh, what was it sixty or seventy degree weather, and then Monday we had a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome wow. to spring in the Northeast. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So before we get started, exactly. um, Hockey Day was first in the chat, and uh, he's telling us about hey, uh, the Sarnia IV fifty kilowatt chargers and the weather here. 
That's right. Um, there's uh, new IV chargers that are popping up all over the province of Ontario along the 400 series highways. Uh, and uh, they, uh, they're going to be covering the entire province, they said, by the end of this year. So, But they're only 50 KW? Yeah, they're only fifty. Yeah, yeah. Until that's... until hopefully until that uh, CCS charger comes out, which is one of our stories tonight. So mm -hmm. uh, they they can go a little bit higher than fifty. And then we've also got JT twenty four and Robert William in the chat today. Very good. Got a six point four Celsius in the house. Yikes! <laughs> that's not bad. Anything above zero in Celsius is a win at this time of year. <laughs> Not inside the building, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, inside the building would be a little cold. Absolutely. Uh, next, uh, first story of the evening. Let's get to it. Um, Let's do it. East Hartford, Connecticut. Those buggers. They uh, <laughs> they got a, a little letter from the Automobile Association, the Dealers Association, uh, town council got prompted uh, that they were uh, they were incorrect to grant a, um, I guess it was a permit for Tesla to build its third service uh, center in in uh, Connecticut. And uh, they quoted the fact that uh, they believe that Tesla is going to be selling cars directly. And therefore, it goes against what uh, Connecticut already has in place now that they can't sell directly. And therefore, city council decided to revoke a building permit that Tesla had in hand to build that third center. So uh, this is a this is something we thought Tesla was getting a little bit better in Connecticut because they'd be able to get that third one open. But uh, in this case, uh, they've revoked the building permit because the Automobile Dealers Association has submitted uh, to the council uh, that uh, they feel they're going to be. Uh, I guess they're going to be legally uh, trying to overturn it. So council uh, turned around face and dropped the the permit, uh, stopping Tesla as they were about to begin uh, construction of the new service site. So for those of you in Connecticut that own a Tesla, please, if you have not already, please join a local Connecticut EV association and get together, put your voices together and let those town councils know that you want Tesla to be able to service vehicles and have jobs in your state. Uh, having it, having them just ship off to neighboring states isn't going to help your economy. Uh, nope. but, and, and stopping them because the dealers association is upset that Tesla sells direct is not uh, what you and the other EV owners are going to want. You want mm -hmm. to have service in the state. You want to have a proper amount of service stations so that, uh, that uh, they can handle the volume of Teslas that are already in your state and are growing. So uh, please get together, connect with others uh, through a local EV association, and let your voices be known. Because if you don't, more of this is going to happen. They will suppress. They will push down. The dealer association will try to shut this down any way they can because they know they know based on sales figures they're losing ground and they know that evs are taking off and they're mm -hmm. trying to hold 
back the tide as long as they can. That's and a perfect way to fight. phrase it, Mark. Yeah, they're they're fighting the ocean and they're going to lose. <laughs> they, they, you can't hold back the ocean. It's going to win. Uh, all they're doing is putting themselves in a worse spot where they're yep. going to be behind, where they're not going to have it. They're still going to have EV sales there. It's just going to be less convenient for those owners. And like you said, fewer jobs for that area. It's just not smart long-term. We have to protect the consumer by making sure that they're going to go careening into the bay because they don't have brakes or tires. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's it's uh, in a few states, this is happening over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen recently that Oklahoma is trying to stop over-the-air updates, which is absolutely ridiculous. These are these are things that are happening in different states. And again, you can help by joining an association, gathering together like-minded people that want to see these changes and uh, modifications uh, to uh, what states do uh, when it when it regards to EV uh, service and sales. Let your voice be known because if you're silent on this and just sit back and say, "Well, someone else will handle it." You're going to pay the price. You know that you're going to get these reversals, like we saw here in East uh, in East Hartford, and uh, you're going to get these uh, new ones popping up. Like uh, Casey talked about the the solar group uh, that was yeah. trying to roll back solar. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. It's uh, mm -hmm. oh my mistake. It was West Virginia trying to stop the OTA. Um, yeah. Thanks Oklahoma very much. Oklahoma was trying to stop the sales. <laughs> Yeah, while, while also courting Panasonic to put a factory there, it's like, hey, let's let's, let's uh, get some components to something we can't sell here. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's it's something that uh, we as EV owners are just we have to make our voices known. We have to be the ones that complain, that write the letters to uh, our constituents. We are the ones that have to let the government know that we know who they are and we know the way they vote. And it's going to affect the way that we vote uh, for government uh, in our local communities and our states and provinces. Yeah, the over-the-air updates one is one that, that I'd predicted. Russell and I did a one-on-one -on -one talking about uh, Tesla's moats. And one of the ones I listed was this over-the-air updates. And I, and I said, other car companies will not be able to do this. And he was like, why wouldn't they? They, they can hire software developers and do it. And I'm like, oh, it's not the technology, it's the dealers. A lot of the dealers have contracts where they get to be the ones to service the car. And an over-the-air update under some state legislation is considered service. And if the manufacturer is doing it directly, that violates the contract. And uh, so interesting to see that now they're trying to use that tactic to, to slow down Tesla. Yeah, it's, it's uh, greedy and it's sick. That's what it is. It, it's, yeah. it's a sad state of affairs, uh, especially the rollback. I'm sure that uh, wasn't in, impressive for people that are already in Connecticut. And we're hoping to get that third station to alleviate volumes of uh, mm -hmm. you know, service weights and uh, to have it shut down because the Automobile Dealer Association is suing the local government uh, to stop it. Um, yeah. Just like Patrick it's, said, it's 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 going to hurt them in the long run because what you're going to have is nobody can sell cars in Connecticut, and then next thing you know, we'll all be riding people pods and buses. So in the <laughs> meantime, somebody should be able to sell some cars. Right. The politicians <laughs> need to be in service of the people, not of the people that lobby them, which is, yeah. I, I, uh, I guess, naive of me to think that they would actually care about people. 
Well, well, they did do one thing right with this whole stopping with the playing with the clocks garbage. Uh, maybe. We'll see if they actually follow through. Right. <laughs> I love that one. Me too. I don't even care which way they stick it. Just stick it somewhere. We can, right. we can adjust the schedule. Stop changing it. it. You put it wherever you want. You can put it in the middle. I don't care. Just yes. stop messing with it. <laughs> Well, next, uh, Patrick's going to tell us a little bit about efficient EVs and what uh, what's right. taking the top prize. Yes, so this article comes to us from Drive Tesla Canada, as many of our stories do. It's titled, Most Efficient EVs of 2022, Tesla Model 3 Tops the List. And so, as we have all seen recently, gas prices have gone crazy. And uh, for us driving EVs, it doesn't matter all that much, at least not directly. Indirectly, we're, we're paying for it and all the goods that we buy and they're being shipped and delivered and other things. But in EVs, you have a similar efficiency metric and it's not miles per gallon. It's miles per gallon equivalent is one way to look at it. And that's what this list is based on. So uh, I'm not gonna give away the whole list, but uh, the top three. Tesla Model 3, Lucid Air, and the Tesla Model Y. Then down at the bottom of their list, they've got 20 of them on here, is the, um, the bottom two <laughs> are the uh, Audi Q4 e-tron and the Mazda MX-30. Now, the interesting thing about this <laughs> is, is that the, even, even the worst one on this list, 92 miles per gallon equivalent. Yeah. So EVs are efficient beasts. And you're, you're never going to get a gas car that actually gets 92 miles per gallon unless it's a quadruped, which is mostly just a bicycle, right? Um, so uh, that, nothing that's that crash test worthy. <laughs> What's that, Casey? That two-seater Volkswagen that costs $75,000? Right, yes, yes. <laughs> you can do hyper-efficient, but uh, they're never... Those are like concept cars, one-offs. Yeah, uh, yeah not, not real... <laughs> These are real vehicles. Or you're being, being towed by somebody else as you get the reading. <laughs> downhill. If you only travel downhill, <laughs> you push it uphill, you can get great MPG. <laughs> so um, it, as much as this is great, you want efficient EVs. That means you can have fewer battery cells in them. It, it, it makes them uh, faster to charge because you full charge is less capacity. It um, means that you're using the, the energy efficiently, which is all great, but the delta between good and great on uh, an electric vehicle, good is good enough. Uh, in a gas car, the difference between 18 and 50 is huge. And and in here within electric vehicles, there's there's almost nothing bad, right? So um, it is, I think we're, we're trained to look at this sort of stuff from, from gas vehicles and an electric vehicle, what matters more is does it meet your needs? Does it have the range you need? Uh, those those are far more, you know, does it have the right number of seats uh, than, than is it 100 MPG or 110 MPGE? Yeah. Uh, that, that's so um, I did want to mention this. It is cool. I do like seeing Tesla having two of the top three, but um, uh, don't dwell on it too much. I, I did have yeah, so so what what was the the model three? What was its uh, range? One hundred and thirty two miles per gallon equivalent. Which which uh, one thing they did in this article that I really like is okay. What does that mean? And uh, of course, um, they they try to put it into dollars per year. 
and how much you pay depends on what your electricity costs are in your region and how much you drive and, and do you charge at home or, or uh, somewhere else. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables in there, but they made assumptions for all those, applied the same assumptions across the board. And so for the Tesla Model 3, it will cost you about $500 per year. And for number 20 on the list, the Mazda MX-30, it costs you about $700 per year. Which, uh, again, looking at gas with the current prices, that could be how much you spend in one month, depending on how much you drive. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I, I have two I wanted to bring up on this one. Uh, sure. The Lucid Air, isn't that Model S-sized? It is. Um, yeah, and but they had, there's a couple different Air. Um, this the, I don't know what their different models are. They have a, a longer range and a shorter range. And uh, sure. I assume it's this would be their shorter battery. range because... Yeah. The, Fewer batteries means lighter, more efficient. Yeah, but I was still surprised to see it's such a large car. Just come scrape it up on the Model 3. And then uh, right? I don't, I yeah, don't, it see, beats the, the Model I don't S. see the the Hummer EV on here anywhere. <laughs> the list didn't go down to 100. <laughs> I mean 100 cars, not 100 MPGE. <laughs> 43 yeah. MPGE. <laughs> right, that would be... But hey, yeah, that's still better than 8. <laughs> Yes. 43 is yes. miles ahead of eight. <laughs> that would be an interesting thing. Uh, since since the Hummer is available, that information is probably publicly available. We'll have to check that out and see yeah. what the actual, what, what Hummer is. Uh, with Tesla at 133, the Hummer, I'm guessing, is going to be in the 60 range. Like I think it's going to be like half value of what the, the Model 3 is. But uh, 47 MPGE. Just the oh Google, my goodness! Which may or may not be accurate, but that's just what I could find in in real time here. That is interesting. <laughs> right. Well, we we knew it wasn't going to be efficient. It is a big, heavy beast. Uh, yes. That is for sure. But uh, well, next uh, let's move along. Uh, Kelly Blue Book uh, has presented its best overall luxury band brand award again uh, for this year. And for the third year in a row, uh, Tesla has won that again. So uh, again, Tesla, it's it's tough to beat. Tesla's leading in almost, I would say, every category uh, when it comes to EVs, uh, right across the board. Uh, and we're seeing that in you know everything from like this Kelly Blue Book study, as well as um, the efficiency, which we just talked about, uh, and down to uh, number of sales, like. Tesla is running away with this. With, with all these other EVs starting to come to the market, they have got a real difficult hill to climb if they expect they to get into uh, Tesla-type uh, numbers. When Tesla, uh, with, with some uh, matrix, is, is saying that they're selling 75% of the EVs in North America. Like, mm -hmm. these are insane figures that uh, Tesla is holding up. And on top of that, we've got the Model Y that is uh, about to overcome the Model 3, which was the top-selling vehicle. So now Tesla's got two vehicles in the top two uh, in the EVs. Uh, so this is uh, another win for Tesla. Uh, there's so many things going well for them uh, that, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I am not surprised when any of these awards come. Up because they're just leading in every category, and and I don't see it slowing down. Like it just like this is the third year in a row for this particular award, but mm -hmm. uh, this is something that uh, 
is it is it great for the competition? Not really. It's uh, not. They need. It's making them strive harder, and they're going to have to work a lot harder to get up to par. I'm just hoping that. And I don't think they will, but I, I hope that Tesla doesn't rest on their laurels because they are so far ahead and in the, the front of the pack here that they they could coast for a while and no one would even catch up for coasting for a while. But uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that the, the fire of innovation continues at Tesla and they uh, continue to push uh, the ball further forward uh, because uh, as consumers, it's a huge win for us. Uh, when one company continues to innovate and make their product better and better over time. Tesla's biggest advantage is when they were starting out, they didn't have to compete with Tesla. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been interesting. We're we're competing with ourselves in five years. Yeah. yeah, they move at a rapid pace. That was one of the points I made last week was that uh, other companies are not moving with urgency. And it, it is massively important. When when you see, oh, we're going to be 25% electric by 2030 or electrified by 2025, uh, these are all just half measures. And stop it. Uh, make a decision and go. And stop doing this whole, oh, no, we're going to drag this out. We're going to try to milk the cash cow that we have now. You're not going to be around in 2030 if you have a plan to just eventually start by by then. It's it's ridiculous. Well, because you want everything to sell anybody, for one. Because nobody will want a hybrid when they could have a a Volkswagen, uh, you know, 200 mile per gallon little canoe or Mm -hmm. an EV. Or bus. Yes. Right. <laughs> and this really dovetails into our next story, uh, which is uh, with the rise in gas prices of recent time and within the last three weeks, uh, there's been some reports about rising um, orders at Tesla in the United States. In fact, some have reported that they're receiving a 100% increase in orders over year over year months uh, previous. So again, when when people decide that I can't take, you know, $5 a gallon gas or higher, mm-hmm. and they decide that I am now going to move to an EV, guess where they're going? Like, it, there doesn't seem to be a, a big, you know, a, a Big decision on people's part. They already know that Tesla is the leader. They know it from the media. They know it from these awards, and and they're deciding that they're going to pick one up now. And you know, maybe the five dollar a gallon was the last straw. And they said, I, I just can't stay in this game. I, I know that the gas prices are going to continue to go up or mm-hmm. keep at that unsustainable level, and I've got to get off this crazy ride while I can. And uh, Unfortunately, that's going to put more pressure on Tesla to deliver vehicles that they're currently maxed out at. Um, yes. We've known that uh, there have been long waits uh, just here in North America. I've experienced it with my uh, with my relatives uh, having to wait, you know, six uh, months for the car to be ready. Um, so people that are ordering now. Um, 
Although I would say it's better to get off that gas ride anytime you can, uh, you are going to be sitting on the sidelines for some time waiting for a Tesla to be manufactured for you specifically. There are long wait times, although we are seeing factories starting to spin up and hopefully that will affect some of those, those uh, timelines. At this point, you can expect, um, I would say, anywhere between 6 and 12 months uh, of a wait, depending on the model you're picking. Uh, there are some ways to um, speed that up by picking a higher priced model or adding mm -hmm. autopilot uh, to your car uh, purchase. But uh, just keep in mind, and it's tough for some people with regular gas cars to understand that there's not just a, a lot of cars at different dealerships across the city that you just stroll in and I said, I'll take the blue one and leave with the car that day. That is not, not and has not been the case with EVs since their inception. Uh, they've been, even uh, at uh, regular car dealers, they're not in stock. Uh, you typically have to order it, custom order it, and you have to wait for that vehicle to come in. And with the success that Tesla has running away here with the uh, amount of sales that they're doing, the waits are getting longer. So I, I, there's two minds here. You're going to wait anyways, but you know what? Gas isn't going to get any much cheaper. So uh, getting off the, the gas uh, tax, as I like to call it, uh, might be a way, you know, the, the quicker you can decide you're going to do that, do it. But keep in mind, you're going to be waiting some time to get that new EV. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people around here resort to getting used cars. So uh, we've got a lot, a lot of brand new, like uh, you can see new Model Ys, Model, model uh, um, Mach-E's and and a bunch of others coming around. But then you see, like, I saw today for the first time in the area, a first-gen Hyundai Kona, uh, California trim. <laughs> it's like, what? But that person's not burning gas anymore, and they didn't have to wait. But uh, as Mark was saying, you're going to either compromise by getting something that's that's been out of print for a little while, or you're going to overpay by getting a marked-up Tesla or Ford or Nissan or whatever uh, if you go to a recent recently used one. It is kind of the perfect storm here currently where we've got a supply problem on one hand for all vehicles. We've got chips and different things that are out of stock and uh, they're coming in slowly and uh, supply chain is not catching up uh, at, at, you know, they're trying to, but certainly there are many aspects of the supply chain that have let us down, uh, let all vehicle manufacturers down in the production of vehicles. And, uh, you know, then having a gas spike, it's going to draw people to the EV side. It, it, it absolutely did. It did for me. Granted, that was <laughs> eight years ago. But, it, you know, there, there are different people that come to the realization that, you know what? Gas is just not going to get much cheaper. It's probably going to stay in an inflated rate for some time. It may relax a little bit. But I don't want to be in the middle of these up and down cycles constantly. I want out. I want to move on and let gas do what it's going to do, but I am not going to ride that crazy roller coaster anymore. So and you mentioned supply chain. Ford is now shipping uh, cars without uh, some some chips. We got to get them later in the year. Exactly. They were just making fun of Tesla for shipping without the uh, center console USB chargers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, be careful because uh, we all live in that glass house of uh, supply <laughs> issues. Yeah, right. In this current world. So, uh, 
it's perfectly rational for people to say, I'm done with this. I don't want to ride this roller coaster anymore and, and move to an, an EV. And so uh, several of my friends are now talking about this and they know that I've been into EVs for a long time. So they're asking me about which one should they get. And uh, of course, my answer is you, you should get a Tesla. And, you know, it depends on do you want a sedan or uh, an SUV or midsize SUV. And so we're having those discussions and it was like, well, but the uh, other vehicles still have their federal tax credit and they're not as expensive as a Tesla. And uh, my answer is, well, yes, but what do you want to use the vehicle for? And if you want it to be your only car and you want to be able to drive across the country with it, Tesla has the network to service it. And they're like, well, can't other cars use the Tesla network? And today in the US, that answer is no. (laughs) That might change soon. There might be adapters. Tesla might open it up. but if, if if you go through all the things that you want a vehicle to do for you and you want to be able to drive to wherever if you want to, I want to go to Vegas or, or New York or wherever. I want to go see my relatives that are two states away. That's not a short trip. It's not something most vehicles uh, can can do without stopping to charge a couple times. And uh, so uh, you you that's why I have to recommend Tesla. <clears throat> Yeah, there's there's no doubt for for long distance travel there, you know, other cars can do it with a lot of planning and some extra charging and some extra time. Uh, but yes. uh, if you want to make it drop dead simple, Tesla's the only game in town when it comes to that uh, multi state charging. It's just and, and you can take it from me, uh, you can take it from Patrick, you can take it from Casey. This these are not our first EVs. We've had previous mm-hmm. EVs before the Tesla. We know what those charging infrastructures are like. We know how much of a pain in a butt, a leaf, uh, a bolt, and other vehicles are to charge um, on a multi-state journey. It's not it's not as easy as as the Tesla is. Now now we may be. You know, the three of us were probably crazy enough just to be able to do it. Like we could do it. <laughs> I have we done could it. Do yes. it as a challenge. We yep. would get through it, and we would smile doing it too. But ask our families if they want to be in the car with us as we try to hyper mile and pick every stop and and try to figure out how to pick a lock so we can get into a lock to charge on an L2 that's not available. Not recommended. <laughs> I just got a call from the lawyer. Do not pick lots. But that's you know, that's what we did as early EV owners. We we looked yes. for every angle we could to make the charges work and uh to uh get us to our next destination. But um when it comes to Tesla, man, you, you just tell it where you want to go, and it does all the work and tells you how many stops, where the stops are, how long you have to stay at the stop, what your charge will be as you uh, arrive at your next stop. So it's it's drop-dead simple. Right, but if you're just looking second. for a commuter car to replace those uh, round-town mm-hmm. miles, uh, almost any of the EVs can work great for that. Absolutely. And um that's often the, uh, you know, gateway drug, of, yes. <laughs> um, which, so, I mean, that's what the leaf was for me. And uh, yeah, so uh, that was a, a great vehicle until the battery started degrading after it was, you know, five or six years old. Then all of a sudden the range started getting pretty bad. And then I was like, oh, why didn't they have a better thermal management system? And I'm going to, I'm going to get a Tesla next time. And that's what I did. So uh, 
if you can pick up a, a used leaf for a commuter and on the cheap and, and not have to pay the high fuel bills today, that's great. The only problem is even used vehicles, the prices are going up now. Uh, there's just so many people trying to get into vehicles in general are having availability problems. Yeah. People were complaining on Twitter about Tesla raising their prices. And I'm like, well, it's not just Tesla. It's everybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe Tesla is the one you care about or the one you want to throw rocks at. So that's the only yeah. one you're noticing. But it's across the board, buddy. It is all the way across. Um, mm -hmm. yep. I'm about to roll my second Tesla over 70,000 miles uh, in just a couple days. <laughs> you drive too much, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I went electric. I can't afford all that gas. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, got a story here from the NHTSA. They're halting yeah. requirements uh, of a human uh, set of controls in fully autonomous vehicles. So uh, what we're seeing here is the is the starting of change of policy uh, in government uh, that uh, is ushering in autonomous vehicles. We we know uh, many different vehicle manufacturers, Tesla and others, have been working on these autonomous systems. Uh, they've been working towards the goal of having autonomous taxis drive people around driverless uh, to pick up passengers and pay the owners of those cars. Um, and it, we're getting closer and closer, but uh, now they're starting to change some regulations so that those autonomous vehicles can actually be without driver controls and uh, can be entered into the automotive pool uh, that will be used in certain states uh, that allow it. So we heard Elon Musk talk about this in reference to the $25,000 um, uh, vehicle that hasn't been built yet about whether or not we even want a set of a uh, steering wheel or, or uh, pedals in that car. So there are obviously car makers uh, like GM, um, uh, like uh, the there's several of them. Um, Cruise is working with GM. There's another, uh, who is that? Waymo, Waymo is, is mm -hmm. working on a, a van in, um, in Phoenix. They're testing it out. But all those vehicles that are currently on road as autonomous, they typically have safety drivers. And mm -hmm. on top of that, those vehicles are fully equipped vehicles with steering wheels and pedals that work. So uh, those safety drivers can interact with the vehicle. But as these systems become safer and safer and can be demonstrated to the government, the next step uh, will be eliminating that safety driver. And if that safety driver is not required, then the controls that that safety driver are using are no longer required. And of course, that saves the manufacturer money uh, all across the board. So And opens up another where... passenger seat. It does. Exactly. Uh, it will increase the capacity for that vehicle. And the last thing you want is picking up a passenger, putting him in front of a driver's wheel and having them interact with the autonomous system. So uh, removing those uh, <laughs> items uh, certainly makes sense at that point. So uh, mm -hmm. this is just another sign uh, that uh, we are moving towards that those type of regulations. And uh, the change uh, will be coming uh, to our cities and places where we interact with traffic uh, with with other cars. It's it is coming, uh, whether we like it or not. It is on the way. Autonomous driving is something that will uh, be in our cities uh, shortly. I would believe. My speculation about the first place you'll see these is in controlled environments, like um, at airports, from long-term parking up to the departure terminal. 
right? So that is a fixed route and they could even have private back roads where they don't have to deal with normal traffic. And uh, they could even have embedded wires in the road that, that are guidelines to help the vehicle navigate properly. And uh, if you can have a controlled environment like that, that's a level four solvable problem, uh, much easier than you know driving out in the streets among pedestrians and bicyclists and drunk drivers and distracted people and, and all the other problems. Um, and so uh, the uh, minimum viable environment. That's what you're always looking for to roll out your technology first. And uh, so the other place that fits that criteria? Boring tunnel. Yes, Casey <laughs> got it. Yes. So uh, I would not be surprised in a couple years if we see a modified version of Tesla's vehicles where they have deleted the steering wheel and uh, they roam the boring tunnels with an extra seat available now for passengers. One of the safety drivers made a comment on an interview that I found interesting. They said that it wasn't legal in Vegas anyway for an autonomous vehicle to, to operate underground. So I'm curious if that's something that they have to address before Interesting. we see that. Or if they would only do it on the above ground sections of the loop. Huh, that's op that's mm. that's exactly the opposite of how it yeah. should be, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I don't you can have autonomous vehicles running around on the surface hitting whatever, but don't put them down in a tunnel where they are in the where controlled the damage environment. Could be limited. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. You got Think solid concrete bumpers. Where it's only able to go one direction and bounce off the walls. It would never come into contact with another human being. But we don't want that. We don't want that. No. Let it up on the street where it can run over people in broad daylight. <laughs> oh, it could be. It very well could be, David. Because, uh, yeah, maybe they didn't want you to have an autonomous metro. And it has to be a train operator. Hmm. But there are so, several subway systems that are autonomous now. But in Vegas? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe only a bump ground. Yeah, maybe it's a, yeah. I'm still surprised they got by the uh, yeah. taxi lobby uh, in Vegas. So Next, uh, Casey's got a story, an update on the CCS adapter. What's going on there? Yeah, so you guys have heard me talk occasionally about the Tesla electronic parts catalog. Well, now in there, you can find a... Uh, what they call the part number 1652004-00-A, which is listed for both Model 3 and Model Y, or the same part number ending in um, uh, 5 before the dash 00AA, uh, listed just for Model 3. They have the description listed as kit, comma, retrofit, comma, CCS1 adapter. So, it's looking like once we figure out how much this thing costs, you'll be able to get your Model 3 or Model Y retrofitted for CCS. Assuming that you, uh, you know, when you go to your About page it does, and you click on More Information, it doesn't say, it says CCS not installed. This is this is installing it right there. So uh, I'm excited to see that. Uh, that so we're getting closer, up. you're telling me. Is that what, yeah. You know, now it's listed in the parts catalog. It's available in South Korea. Yeah, South Korea, you can uh, get it for just, about 241 US dollars or 380 It's just got to be made available here. And of course, for those of you with an older uh, Model 3, Patrick, uh, myself, yep. mm -hmm. they're not going to work with those cars. Uh, there are limitations uh, for the CCS charger. So um, when it actually does come out, uh, don't just rush and buy it. Make sure your car 
uh, qualifies uh, for yeah. the that particular adapter because some of the earlier Model Threes will not be able to use it. Um, so any legacy it's, cars, <laughs> right? Some of the legacy Model Threes. Can you believe, Patrick, <laughs> that we already have a legacy <laughs> Model Three? So if you go to your additional vehicle information page on the software update page and you see this not installed, you can try putting in a service request through the app and see what happens. Uh, you can list your part number down and, and say, please install this and see if they cancel it. Or if they say, hey, that'll be $600, here you go. Uh, it probably won't be $600, but uh, but it, it was somewhere around there for the European cars to get their uh, adjustment to CCS when, when the V3 started rolling out in Europe. But it's different, different. Like, you know, maybe they've learned from from their experience, and it's more streamlined now. Hopefully, yeah. Part of the reason Hopefully. they're starting with three and Y is that they they the way that they uh, handle the charge is is different than than the whole fleet. Uh, so at that point, they're just adding in the the, the communications module. You'll have to change the whole charge control board out for that, but uh, it it's got space for it. Whereas the the older cars and the S and the X, they don't have except the brand new ones. They don't have. Uh, the ability to do power line communication. They do um, the J1772 style communication. Well, uh, certainly, and we hope our next story on this update will be it's available now. And then if the next story will be it's sold out immediately. So, right, right. <laughs> get, so, get if, ready, if, any people. <laughs> if any of you guys um, actually are able to get the, uh, the, the appointment made and they don't cancel it on you, uh, we're curious to know the price and, uh, and, and how it went. Let us know in the comments uh, or certainly follow us on the show socials and send us a note there. Uh, you yes. can follow us on our Twitter feed at the Tesla life, as well as our Facebook feed, the Tesla life numeral one and uh, send us a note and let us know how you made out. Next Casey's going to talk a little bit about a discussion really about yes. uh, range. Yeah. So we, earlier in the show, we were talking about efficiency Another component of efficiency, and the reason it would matter, is it affects how much range is available to you. And uh, I was discussing with a, another group on Sunday. I was saying that, you know, perhaps for me, I think that for me the sweet spot, depending on price, would be about 600 miles of range. Uh, anything more than that seems that it would be a waste because I would never use it. Now, if it was free, I would take it. But <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> right, right. But I would not probably option up anything past 600 because, you know, that's way longer than, than the entire family's bladder. Uh, you know, then you got to stretch your legs every now and then. And then you got to look at how long it's going to take to recharge. And so uh, and then you look at, you know, what your day-to-day -day driving is. You know, my day-to-day -day driving is probably 100 miles or less. Uh, and and uh, that, that includes time to stop and charge halfway through the day with the way that everything goes. So on, on road trips is where it changes for me. I, I, right now I've got less than, than 300 miles of range. But it still works out. Like the superchargers are super fast, and you're in and out. The car is texting you before you even get out of the restroom and have ordered your your takeout. It's like, hey, let's go. Uh, Elon's gonna charge you a dollar a minute, a dollar a minute shortly. And uh, <laughs> so, for me, 600 came out to be about right. Some other folks, uh, like we discussed, uh, you know, 40 miles is what the average North American drives to get to and from all their dealings all day back home to charge again. So we would suggest probably 100 at a minimum, unless you knew for sure, hey, you know, I only do 50 miles ever, and then I've got, you know, other ways to get further. But uh, what do you guys think? What, what's a good range for you all in the audience and, uh, and, and you two as well? So, go ahead, uh, Okay, yeah, I'll go. So uh, my Model 
X. I bought the longest range Tesla I could at that time, which was the 90D. And uh, it had 257 miles of range. And I've been able to drive up and down the West Coast with that. It, it, it works great. So um, uh, would I mind having 400? No, I, I would not. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's enough. The, um, even, even doing 1,500 mile drive, uh, I wasn't stopping all that often. So um, that's plenty for me. I've had a 25 mile range EV. And uh, that's yes. cutting it close when I have a 20 mile commute. If there's any detours, <laughs> I'm starting to get worried. But uh, uh, this was an interesting article to post because they, the, the, a big part of this was in Australia, where it can be a long way between some of the cities in Australia. So there, if, if you're doing that kind of trek, it, it range is really important. So I think it's more about knowing your own needs. Most people spend most of their time within a, a 50 mile radius of their house. And so uh, there and back hundred miles, that's for most people, most of the time that's enough, but that's not, certainly not everybody. And uh, people are often concerned about the occasional trip versus the day to day. And um, to say, well, you can just rent or uh, borrow a car that day. Like no, I want a car that meets anything that I do and things that I think I might do, even if I don't do. <laughs> so there's uh, that, yeah, the once in a lifetime yeah. that that you never actually do. But right. Another thing but, to yeah. look at there is is uh, I hear a lot of people saying they need over a thousand miles of charge. Uh, you need to look at how much can you practically travel when you're looking at at uh, let's say uh, highway speeds, which you can't average that because there's going to be some traffic. Uh, sure. Then you need to look at it, how how long that is. So they say, oh, I don't, I never go to the bathroom on on all day road trips. Like that's dangerous. Uh, <laughs> it's not healthy. And and, and then uh, and then drowsiness is is a major cause for a lot yeah. of collisions on the road. So you still need to stop and take a break, even if you don't go to the bathroom, even if you don't need to stop and put gas in or charge your electric car. And I'm sorry, Patrick. Go ahead, and continue. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this is just about giving people the peace of mind. So some range, uh, so they just don't have to worry about it. So uh, it, coming out with longer range EVs is going to be a good thing. That's always just going to bring in more people. And every year the technology for batteries gets 5 to 7% better, which means the ranges slowly tick up, which is why, like I said, the longest range vehicle I could get back then was 257. Um well, I guess I could have, if I didn't want it, the big vehicle that I, I wanted. And uh, so I'm sure I could have got one that was slightly longer. Um, but now, uh, now 400. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's already up to 400. So it was less than 300. Now uh, here we are six years later and it's over 400. So five or six years from now, it could be 600. And uh, um, that's great. That just, uh, as, as battery tech improves, one of the problems now is if you put too many batteries in, it's just really heavy. You get diminishing returns. You get sluggish response. It, it, um, it's all negative feedback once you start adding weight. Then you have to, once you have higher weight, you have to have uh, larger shocks, and that adds weight, and it's all diminishing. And so as battery tech improves, you'll, you'll get, you, you get all the benefits without the, all the, the drawbacks as you get better tech. So yeah. – uh, I think right now it's good enough for most people and it's only going to get better to where it can do any and everything soon. Absolutely. Two things that, I wanted that, to point that, out is that these larger batteries, they're going to cost more. So that's yep. going to end up 
costing you more. So you have to make the choice as to whether or not you want the range or you want to pay more money. Uh, you're you're going to do one or the other. So that's one thing. The second thing I wanted to point out is, as we mentioned already, Tesla's in a different league. So mm -hmm. if you've got a another EV outside of Tesla, the charging infrastructure could be suspect. Mm -hmm. It could not be well-placed. Uh, it could be broken. Uh, it could be uh, in use. Yeah. But with the Tesla network, the placement you know is for the range of the Tesla vehicles that they make. Mm -hmm. And there's redundancy that there's mm -hmm. multiple chargers at a single site. And, of course, the car is telling you before you arrive even at that supercharger as to whether or not it's full or maybe you should skip and go to another one and charge for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. All those things, uh, you have to look at it at two ways. If you have a Tesla, that range of 250 to 300 miles is going to be coverable, and you're not going to have an issue recharging and moving on at any time in North America for the vast majority of sites you're going to. Uh, other EVs, you're going to have that issue of... of is it available? Uh, is it working? Uh, is is it blocked? All those things are, they can be done, but they require more planning and having an alternative plan B and in some cases a plan C. But yeah. with Tesla, you just need the A plan. That's it. So uh, depending on the vehicle you get are things you're going to have to consider for those ranges as well. But uh, as it sits, uh, I, uh, like Casey, had a Volt uh, that uh, the second generation car would get uh, about 65 miles of range uh, in the uh, summer without an issue. And uh, I was able to live within that. So getting a Tesla that pushed me to 300 miles was just like, oh, I don't even have to worry about charging anymore. I'll just leave it sit in the garage. I don't have to worry about <laughs> charging it every day. I don't have to but but those those things those had a you know, mile they total spoil range. you because now you start driving further and you start driving <laughs> yeah. longer and uh, mm -hmm. you you do want those longer uh, those stretches in between. But uh, I would say the 300 miles is is a sweet spot. I think it's yeah. I think it's ideal with the charging network that Tesla provides. There is no issue as far as I can see, and and I've done a number of cross uh, cross country drives so. Uh, I've lived that experience as, as we all have here. Yeah. So I want to point out one thing with my magical 600 mile battery that that gives us uh, that gives us two scenarios there. One, if I'm towing, that gives me 300 miles still. Yeah. Uh, in the worst case scenario, and two, if I'm not towing on that magical road with no traffic, that's 10 hours straight of driving. So that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I want to point out one one more thing on this topic yeah. is that uh, people who drive gas cars don't grok this right away. And that's if, if you're plugging in in your garage, you wake up every morning with a quote full tank. And so it's uh, not like with a gas car, like, oh man, if I have a small tank, that means I'm going to the gas station every other day or every week or whatever. And that's a pain. I don't like doing it. The, the, don't, don't think that way. <laughs> think about it in a whole new way. Cause this is a different paradigm when you can fuel up in your garage. It's a uh, life's a lot more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Volt had a 300-mile total range, including gas and electric. So uh, Mark and I were over there. We were refilling that, that 40 to 60 miles daily, 
and then uh, my longest stretch without fuel in the Volt was long enough that it was the gas in the tank was so old that it had to burn the tank down to that's that's beyond a year yeah. Yeah. days an iron bladder guy there I see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you win the iron bladder award yeah, it, it can <laughs> be done but it's not it's not healthy hockey day. and then he had kidney stones <laughs> oh right. poor hockey day <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, Casey's got a story about Germany and some new options they're trying there. Yes. So uh, in service already, they have what what what, uh, what you can do where you can pick up your car after hours. They lock your keys in the car and you use your app to, to do everything. And already on new purchases, you use your app to sign all the paperwork and, and leave with your car, right? So let's just take that a step further and say you were working all, all business day and now you need to pick up your car, but Tesla's closed because they also work business business hours. So now it's 9 o'clock at night and you want to uh, get your car and not take off of work. Well, how about if you could use that same app that you use when they're open, open up the car, inspect it, grab your key, and go home. Well, Tesla thought that was a great idea, and in Germany that is now going to be an option. They call it, uh, cool. what do they call this? Drop Tesla drop delivery. So how do they put your key in the car without it uh, activating it? They put it in well, a on, on, on all the new cars. Faraday bag? No, no. All the new cars are key cards, even even the Model uh, S and X. Uh, so they just don't have to put a battery in the key fob for the S and X. And then the key card, if, as long as it's not on the NFC sensor, it's not going to do anything. Okay. Yeah. Now, cool. the used cars, that's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, I wonder the if there's a dead spot. Cars. Uh, in in the vehicle where they can put it, or like I said, a little Faraday bag that that'll that'll uh, block the signal. Allegedly, there was a dead spot in the S and the older X's, but I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was just like you know, as long as the battery wasn't perfectly new, that they could <laughs> yeah. get there by fluke. <laughs> I've heard that like, too. Yeah. Every time I've seen them do a after hours pickup for my car, they actually dismantle my key with the battery and everything all separated. That way, it can't. Uh. Yeah. No, no special dead spot. But uh, on the S, there was a warning in my manual that said, don't let the key get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they yeah. told you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, as I could say, it's in the trunk on the on the uh, S. But it might not still be there, because I noticed that, that they don't, even for the S's that were in service, the key was dismantled in the cup holder. <laughs> right. Does that apply in the remodel as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the remodel uh, same situation where you got the uh, phone, the key card, and the key fob. It's, they're all Bluetooth. Maybe they should make the glove box a, a Faraday wrapped glove box, and then they could just put yeah. it in there, and then Wrapping you can use your app to get in. And... It would stop. Yeah, because <laughs> um, one of one of our one of our EV clubs, uh, the lady was asking. She said, "How come my car keeps beeping every couple seconds? Uh, my phone's nowhere near the car. Turned off all the stuff. Her husband put the key in the glove box." Oh, <laughs> so it was locking and unlocking. It was always kept... telling you that you've uh, kept your key in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, here's some exciting news that Patrick's got. There might be a new Model Y. What's this about? That is right. So uh, sleuths are out there watching everything that Tesla does. And somebody found that on the EPA website, there's a new listing for an all new 2022 Model Y. and where this fits in, well, I like the way that they phrase this here. This is on Inside EVs, and it says that um, this discovery asks more questions than it answers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's listed as all-wheel drive, 
But it's not listed as long range all wheel drive. This is true. Right. So, um, if Mark, if you can show the, the graphic here, it's coming in at 279 miles of total range. And um, right now, their performance is at 303, and the long range is at 330, and the Model Y rear wheel drive is at 224. So this, this that fills in a nice gap right in the, in the, in between the the rear wheel and the uh, long range, but uh, what what is this vehicle? And of course, the internet has gone crazy with speculation in that this is the one from Austin because obviously that's coming online soon. They have to get it listed if they're going to do deliveries soon. Um, it's it's forty six eighty. It's a structural pack. Uh, lots and lots of speculation, and uh, I'm really curious how this is going to play out. I noticed that these two don't have prices either, the rear-wheel drive and the uh, what we're going to call short-range all-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it is interesting that uh, it's kind of in that sweet spot. It's above what, uh, what Elon had said. He wants all his vehicles to be at least 250. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, not quite the long range. Um, so, yeah, is this, a, this is a new battery chemistry. Is this uh, possibly, you know, LFP batteries? Because we know nickel pricing has gone insane, uh, and yeah. uh, Tesla has been raising prices uh, to compensate for this. So is this something that uh, is uh, maybe to combat that? There's many things going on here uh, that we really don't know, but... Uh, Hopefully, all will be revealed uh, shortly. The EPA, by the way, it only took them two days to approve the vehicle. So wow. uh, it was submitted and approved almost immediately. So uh, Tesla has got their approval on this new vehicle, whatever it is, and we'll wait uh, on the sidelines to see what it will be. Uh, iron would be a good choice because, like you said, the nickel prices, they, they haven't actually been raising the prices enough to keep up. So they're actually giving up some profit while while trying to lessen their pain because <laughs> like yeah, they, said, well, yeah. they said it like they raised the price by a thousand but the uh, or whatever the case is per car obviously some of them went up by twelve thousand um by a thousand dollars but the actual cost of the nickel went up uh, about fifteen hundred dollars per car but i'm sure tesla has long-term contracts so yeah, they're not exactly. impacted by the day-to-day -day fluctuation <laughs> and here's the tricky thing we know that they have a backlog of depending on which type of vehicle up like six months so yes. now they have to start pricing it for what they think it's going to be six months from now exactly. when they're actually building it and delivering it. So that's a tricky like a game. Gas station. Yeah. If, if, you, if you don't sell your gas in the tank for the right amount, can you afford that next tanker coming in? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, obviously all, all contracts typically renew after a period of time, after you've mm -hmm. uh, signed it for a particular period of time. They're, they're going to be coming up for renewal. And uh, those manufacturers of those minerals are going to be looking to cover their costs as well. So it's a lot of question marks uh, as uh, the uh, fluctuation in uh, materials are happening, uh, especially lately. But with that, uh, next uh, we move on to Gigafactory Berlin. And Patrick, if you can't notice, he's sweating. He doesn't know what's going on here because what has happened <laughs> is that in less than a week from today, March 22nd, Gigafactory Berlin is going to have a key handing over ceremony to the first customers. 
Not so, if my uh, AstroTurf who... army gets in the way like I told them to. <laughs> Patrick still has time to get on a plane, get over to Gigafactory Berlin, and get all those paper-loving ants and bats right. to stop this opening. Yeah, but and, uh, and yeah, then, what's, the... what's the deal? We're, like We've actually got a uh, uh, confirmed, uh, I guess, schedule from Tesla as to uh, it's going to uh, start delivering these vehicles on the 22nd. There's going to be a handing over ceremony, a little bit of uh, pomp and circumstance, probably a ribbon cutting. Not sure if Elon's going to be there or not, but there's a good possibility. Um, but what is going on with Austin? We see that the vehicles are being produced. We see them actually being trucked away at some points. Um, the, the numbers are, you know, we're looking at hundreds of vehicles a few hundred at least have been produced as far as we can see, maybe up to a thousand. Uh, not really sure where they're being trucked off to. Haven't heard of anyone in the U.S. receiving the first structural pack from uh, Austin. Not sure what's going on. So, yeah, we're, we're certainly keeping our ears to the ground. And it's making the race uh, really competitive now that Patrick and I have both have a bet about who's going to be first to deliver to a customer's hands. It, uh, it is neck and neck. We are now six days away from an official uh, Tesla documentation that uh, it's going to be handed over in Germany. But it still could show up in someone's hands in the U.S. tomorrow. And uh, right. we don't know. So when is the uh, Giga Austin? <laughs> well, Giga Austin, their event is scheduled for April 7th. Is that right? Yeah, April 7th. Yeah. So uh, that would make sense that they would do it then, um, even though they can't deliver the cars in Texas. So that's right. That's going to be a problem for the uh, event. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have a simulcast in Oklahoma. Yeah, I was about to say, somebody's at the, somebody, they're at the party, they got a big screen. Everybody's like, hey, it's a key card. And now we're going to Oklahoma where we're giving away the first cars. <laughs> well, they can't, they, can't, they can't deliver in Oklahoma if that law goes through before the party. Oh, well, all right. Okay, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Nolens. <laughs> we had to ship them to Saskatchewan to hand them over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's neck and neck. Uh, we started this race with uh, Berlin having a six-month leave. We saw Austin catch up and surpass. And uh, now that we're down to the wire, we're six days away from someone delivering. Uh, will it be Austin? Will it be Berlin? It's still up in the air. Yep. How, yep. how long ago was the Giga Giga uh, Berlin's party? Oh, that's been a it's been a couple months, hasn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. it has. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they had I, that I, uh, some time ago. Um, are you trying to rub it in, Casey, that the Giga Austin's party could still be months ahead of their first delivery? <laughs> no, no, I was going to say they could have a delivery. Because that hurt. Party. You got me right here, buddy. Ow! I, I was suggesting that they could have a delivery before a party. <laughs> it's like the deliveries uh, of the parties aren't linked up in any way. Right. Uh, and Hockaday has a good Fun point. Stuff. You know, if they can get an agreement with a um, with a uh, with a reservation, they can they can probably uh... yeah. They've had they've had agreements with other reservations when it's come to uh, delivery centers, so uh, or sales centers. So yeah, that's that's a possibility. 
but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We're down to the wire. Keep track of this uh, through the week uh, on our socials. You can follow us uh, at The Tesla Life on Twitter or The Tesla Life Numeral One on Facebook. We thank Patrick uh, for keeping up our Facebook feed. We thank Casey for keeping up our live uh, our live uh, meeting uh, that we have every week here. Our and stream. the podcasts that come off of this. That's right. And uh, we appreciate that. And I think we'll wrap it up at this point. Um, we're running a little bit long, but uh, Casey, what do you got going on this week? So uh, I, I put that lithium battery and filter in the car. I did have the cameras rolling, and uh, I'll see how much footage I can salvage because uh, there were a bunch of police that came up asking about if we heard any gunshots. And oh, then wow. my neighbor was chit-chatting, and uh, thankfully I asked him. He didn't mind. I don't have to blur his face or anything, so I'll be able to use at least some of that. And uh, you'll find that over at youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Patrick, uh, what's happening with you? Um, How's that article you... coming? Yeah. yeah so uh, what's in your front? Because my current article that's up there. And uh, I've got a new one coming up where, um, so as we all know, Tesla's vehicles are connected cars with cameras out there seeing the whole world. And uh, right now, the whole purpose of that is for their full self-driving to, to uh, come to life. And But what else could be done with that? And uh, I had uh, tweeted to Musk that there was an Amber Alert in my area. And I said, hey, it'd be really cool if Tesla vehicles could look for this license plate. And um, uh, that just got me thinking of, wow, they're going to have these eyes running all over the place. And what else could be done? So I, I started speculating and have a list of things that I think would be interesting. And that'll all be in my next article coming in a week or so. So uh, check it out at carswithcores.net. And as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. Thanks, Mark. Very so the good. Amber was uh, great minds, man. <laughs> yeah, I, also, I tweeted that and, and I was not the only one that uh, thought that was a good idea or, or I was not even the first. So, yeah. Also, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up at this point. That helps the channel out. Press that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, that also helps us out. Uh, QA Library had a question. How many more Tesla factories are planned? Well, at this point, we believe there's going to be another one in Shanghai or someplace in China. Mm -hmm. And we've got the one in Berlin and one in the Austin uh, area. Beyond that, everything else is speculation. We really don't mm -hmm. know uh, other ones that are actually planned. And uh, India is fighting for one, and Germany mm -hmm. looks like they lost the second one because there was going to be an identical Giga Berlin somewhere else in Germany. But it, they put that, that on, that's on hold right now. Mm -hmm. Probably yeah. because of the ants and bats that are in Germany right. and <laughs> run the government, as we've seen. So Right. Yeah. With that, and the water we want to thank Lee Moon for the music that we use every week. And uh, why don't you join us next week where we'll get together and what find out what is going on in the Tesla life. There we go. Stay positive. Test negative. Have a great